What's up, people? It's Adam Hunter here. It's a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. We got a great show today. Listen, a lot of people are hesitant to try hemp derived CBD oil because they just don't know where to start. There's so many different products and brands. It's hard to know which one's right for you, how much to take, when to take it, how to know if you're taking too much. Well, this family-owned business, yeah, family-owned at naturesoilsonline.com, okay, they will take care of you, all right? They're good people, all right? They provide the highest quality U.S.-grown hemp-derived CBD products, and they also give personal guidance choosing the right product and finding a dose that works for you. How cool is that, right? Amazing, I mean, dude. it doesn't happen anywhere. Actually, a family will actually, you can call them up. All right, their hemp is grown in the U.S. without the use of pesticides. It's mixed with organic MCT coconut oil. Each batch is third-party lab tested for potency and purity, and the results are posted on their website. They have a variety of products, including full spectrum, a whole plant hemp oil extract, hemp-derived isolate tinctures, hemp and emu oil, pain balm, and full-spectrum CBD dog chews. My dog is like 15 years old, can't even see. He's got cataracts. I give him this stuff. He's like a little, he's like Air Bud. He's flying around. <laughs> he, he, he loves it. So go to naturesoilsonline.com, and they include, that includes free shipping within the continental U.S. You can call them directly at 469-525-3131. That's 469-525-3131. Now mention Adam10 to get 10% off your total purchase. Also, Speedweed, marijuana is legal in California, all right? So you can get it delivered. You get uh, pizzas delivered, you get Chinese food, you get, some people get prostitutes delivered, all kinds of things get delivered. Well, they'll d- deliver marijuana, they'll deliver uh, TAC sex lube. My yeah. wife and I used that last night. Yeah. Uh, it was great, uh, amazing stuff. Um, you, could, uh, you, could, you could use uh, any, any kind of stuff. They have it. They have uh, CBD oil, they have macaroons, uh, they have edibles. You name it, they got it. Just go to speedweed.com. Follow them at Speedweed. The guy Gino is a great guy. Big fan of, uh, of MMA Roasted. Mentioned Roasted, you get $10 off, $100 or more. Now, we got Big Sexy McCorkle here. Yes, sir. He's in town. The Ween Dog is here. What's up, dude? It's going to be a great show. I can, I can already feel it. Uh, Ween Dog, you went to CB. I had to be on the road. I had a show on Saturday night, but you went to CB Gold's wedding? Yeah, it was. Uh, um, and so did you, McCorkle. What's that? You I did, yes. I was there. You were there? Yeah. Oh. You, didn't, you missed him? Did you go to the reception? Huh? I was at the reception all night, yeah. The oh. wedding we were a little bit late getting to because the because uh, Expedia was nice enough. I picked the wrong hotel and then tried to immediately call them and uh, say, hey, I accidentally clicked the wrong hotel when I did this because I, I already have all my stuff stored. They said, oh, too bad, non-refundable. So oh, I was like, God. so don't go to Expedia, but go to Speedweed instead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was exactly what you would imagine CB Gold's wedding was like. You show up and it's a bunch of mannequins with with uh, UFC fighters' uh, faces on them. Really? Like, yeah. And uh, uh, the minister was uh, Conor McGregor's, uh, like, it was like a wax figure of Conor McGregor. Really? No, no. Oh, of course okay. not. It was a beautiful, it was a very, very nice wedding. I was kind of, I mean, I ain't going to lie, I was underdressed. I came in a Hawaiian yeah. shirt. And, uh, no, I heard you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt yeah. with a McGregor t-shirt under it and yeah. versus Khabib, which he lost. Yeah, yeah. Did, um, did anybody say to you, why are you wearing a McGregor or Khabib shirt? No, but I was very, very embarrassed because I was extremely <laughs> underdressed. It, yeah. was, it was a nice Jewish wedding. Everybody was wearing tuxedos and suits, and I'm over there in a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt, dude. 
Uh, well, you didn't even go to my wedding. You didn't show up. At least you showed up. Yeah, I did show up. The next uh, step is actually going in like a suit or something. Yeah, uh, I mean, let's be honest. You know, I don't got no goddamn suit. A Hawaiian shirt is the nicest thing I have. <laughs> right. We're in, in the Second only to the McGregor shirt. Yeah, uh, but it was a very, very beautiful wedding. I was very emotional, you know. Really? Um, it was. I mean, it was very nice when. Uh, um, did he? Ra- he told me he was gonna wrap his vows. Did he wrap his vows? No, he, had uh, a very nice he did have a highlight rap video though. Like it was pretty impressive. Like he rapped to her. Um, it was on a big TV screen out there, or whatever. Like his proposal or something. Is he? Is he a good rapper? Yeah, he's awesome. It, was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to realize it was him. It was. Uh, yeah, I got a little awkward at my table during the wedding at one point um, because I was telling Nazi jokes as I normally do, and then my. <laughs> Girlfriend reminded me that uh, it's a Jewish wedding and the people around us were probably Jewish. What were some of the jokes you were telling? Oh, I was talking about my, um, I told him about my, uh, when I first got my uh, Roman eagle that ended up being a Nazi eagle and I had no idea it was a Nazi eagle until I got it tattooed on me uh, to cover my ex-wife's name and how I had said um, it's not a big deal because all I did was cover up the name of one ruthless dictator with a symbol for another. (laughs) And then I said, um, we got talking about how it was a Nazi eagle, and I said that people asked me when I fought in uh, Poland if, if it was a Nazi eagle, and I was like, no, no. I said, but I, I said, I'm not a Nazi. I said, I do hate gypsies still, though. And I said, that's the one thing I have in common with Hitler, and I didn't realize that gypsy is a race in Poland. I thought yeah. it was a lifestyle, like hippies. or Right, right, right. Yeah, apparently it's a race, and so my agent called me and was like, uh, hey, can you, he actually texted me first. He said, I need you to do me a favor. Stop talking about Nazis and steroids, because I kept talking about st- <laughs> Kept talking about steroids. I was fighting Pujanowski. You know, I kept saying his steroids were better than mine and things like that. And uh, he got real upset about it. But I thought it was funny. But yeah, well, it got awkward when they were talking about uh, the gypsies because he said I had to. He, I was going to maybe have to apologize, you know, or whatever oh for saying God. the gypsy thing. But I thought I literally thought gypsy was a, a lifestyle. Right. Not, a race. Who it's not really know? that clear. Tyson Fury's a gypsy, right? Isn't Is he, he I think I've heard. That. I think he just called himself that, but I, maybe he is. I don't know. Wow. So you, you were telling some jokes at your table? Yeah, I had a few people laugh. We actually were at a, a table alone. Um, my girlfriend and I were. And it was awesome because her name tag said Yobin because um, he asked me what her name was, and I said it's Robin with a Y. And I told uh, CB, <laughs> I told CB Y O B I N, and then didn't tell him that I was joking, you know, or whatever. And so her name said Yobin, which was awesome. But um, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was a good time, though, man. It was really classy. I cannot imagine what that wedding must have cost, man. Like, I mean, really, I, I would. You think fifty grand at least? I would think, man. Yeah, I mean it was at least. It was very, very nice. It's had like a fancy like country club golf course. Yeah, the food was. I mean, fillet and some yeah. kind of real like. Um, doesn't matter what color the asparagus was, but it was white. Right. Um, so. <laughs> It, um, yeah, it was really good. Now, is it a thing for Jewish weddings to have the rabbis like they're like? Are they always like comedians? <laughs> no, the one, our, the one that we had because what happened with my wedding was uh, her pastor wouldn't marry us because I'm Jewish and I was making what? jokes. We had to go through marriage counseling at their church, and I kept making jokes. Right. And um, and then he refused to marry us. Right. I, I didn't realize that that was an, even an option. Right. So we had to go off like Craigslist and got like a, a rabbi <laughs> who thought it was open mic night, and he was trying to be my opening act and was making right. terrible jokes. Yeah, that's what CB's rabbi, I mean, he was a good rabbi, but he was constantly like making jokes throughout the ceremony. Oh, my wife was so pissed because they said like, Okay, grab her her waist, and I'm like, okay, and then like, or like, kind of like in this area, and he's like, not her boob, or like, not there. Uh, My like, wife's like, don't say that. That's what this. And then the guy did, did it. He said yeah. like, that was his like go to shtick, and my wife was furious, you know, about that. He um, like he told CB to uh, put his hand on Ariana's heart. He yeah, same he's here. Like, he's like, no, not not there. That's for later. And right, that's like, what he said. Too. So, yeah, I guess that's like the the hacky rabbi joke. Yeah. every rabbi has to do <laughs> at the wedding. Meanwhile, so my baby is actually. 
with her grandparents this week, and okay. my wife's in New York. If you ever want to think like you have free time, if you ever want to like have kids and have them go away for a week or a kid, right. oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I've, like, I've been awake for like, I don't know, six hours. It feels like I've had like nine years off already. It's, it's amazing, man. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I miss my baby more than anything, but this is like, I'm like, wow, I get to go to the gym today and <laughs> I could watch the Karate Kid part two and right. I could do six podcasts or whatever. It's amazing how much time you think you have how much free time you have once your kids are away. I like how your first thing to go to on a free day was watch Karate Kid 2, not, not Cobra Kai. You want to watch Karate oh, Kid 2. No, I meant, I meant the Cobra. I, I know. Cobra, yeah, I, right, exactly. It's like that Adam. He really loves Sato in that scene where he's chopping the wood on the beach with his hand. That's right. That was right. a shitty one. So oh, What a bitter guy. Anyway. My, uh, my baby, by the way, can now crawl backwards, which I told her it's okay. I've been going backwards for the last 20 years as well. Um, but And then like I've been going to this thing called Wiggling Work. Cause it's hard to get anything done with the kids. They have this like daycare where like you take the kid and you could be there working in an office and they give you offices you can watch. Really? And you can watch people play with your kid for 10 bucks an hour. That's awesome. And they have this like, you know, like ball machine and this and that. And it's, it's great because I, I, I feel like she's only eight months, still too young to put her in a daycare. Right. Plus I feel like uh, I'd be, uh, she would feel that she's being abandoned. Yeah, I, I don't like daycare, man. I I'm never a fan of it. But I told my therapist, I, I go, I think that's my abandonment issues that I was abandoned as a kid that I'm now putting on my kid. Right. So I'm not sure if I have to work through that or not. Uh, but but now me and my wife are also fighting through the baby. Like the other day, like my wife and I were talking, and then the baby was there, and she was like, uh, "Violet, Daddy used to used to bang dirty porn stars and strippers or something." Right. And I was like, "Yeah, well, Mommy had a sugar daddy in college." college and now we're like fighting. <laughs> right. The kids are happy that we're talking to her, but I'm like, this. This can't be healthy. Wow. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, it's but, funny know. how you try to correct your mistakes or your parents' mistakes through your kid. Like my mom and dad never spanked us, so I beat my kids every day growing up. <laughs> yeah, not really, but um, that would have been sad yeah. if so. But no, it's a. Uh, I got a few spankings coming up, and I almost never spanked my kids. Like I think only once each their entire life. I always really? had the threat of it, but never. Well, your hands are so uh, big. Yeah, yeah. Never um, massive. I mean, you could spank your baby and like four other babies at the same time. <laughs> well, I do that as often as I get a chance to, also. But is there people a ask me, have you ever noticed my knuckles are permanently bruised? Yeah, I why is that? Weird. I think it's from too much jerking off. It's no. hard as fuck, dude. Yeah, no, they've been that way since I beat up Jonathan Ivey before I got in the UFC, and they never went back. Like, it just stayed bruised forever. So. I was in, I took a Muay Thai class. That's where I came from. I haven't even showered yet, sorry. Uh, I literally came <laughs> from the class. But I was thinking about, like, you in that class. Like, how much Muay Thai training have you, did you do? Uh, no specific Muay Thai training. I just trained mainly boxing, uh, wrestling, and jiu-jitsu because I never wanted to throw kicks because it's awfully kind of fancy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> did you ever throw, throw kicks? kicks? I didn't like to. Maybe a low leg kick every now and then, but uh, I didn't want to throw kicks because I didn't want to get taken down. I didn't want to get put on my back, so I figure if I could box stand up, I would just eat leg kicks and try to you know fire back with a right hand when they do that, and then... Uh, the Marius Pujanowski leg kicked me in our fight the first time. I have a dent in my leg permanently from where he kicked me in my thigh. It's like a dent, shin-sized dent in my leg right above my knee. And so the first time he did it, I mean, it felt like a baseball bat hitting me. Um, so I just wait, waited for the next one, let him set it up, and then blast him in his face on the next one. He didn't do it the rest of the fight. You know, like I just wait and ate it again and then hit him with the right hand. How much, how much boxing, sparring have you done in your life? Man, I did a lot back when I first started, and then it got to a point where no one wanted to spar with me except professional boxers, and I didn't want to get a – it's a bit bad when you're an MMA fighter and you go with pro boxers because – 
um, they tend to hit, they spar really hard and hit real hard. And you know you can beat them up in a real fight, but they're much better than you standing up. So they beat you up like standing up. And the whole time you're thinking, I could take this dude down and smash him. But they even get cocky sometimes when they're boxing or whatever with you, start doing stuff. And you got to tell them between rounds, like, hey, if you want to get cute, we can take the gloves off and turn into a real fight if you want. Um, but I, had, I didn't want to get a concussion every day. Uh, which is what happens when you train with those guys or with Matt Mitchell because he'll head kick. Matt will head kick you when you're wrestling. Like you don't even you know I mean doing jujitsu and he'll head kick you. Like you never know what's coming. So that or Tim Sylvia, same thing, hits you too hard. Or, Wait, didn't you spar with Tim Sylvia? All the time, yeah. We sparred probably a hundred times together. And I, I mean the first time we did, I ruptured my eardrum. He punched me. The air uh, compression ruptured my eardrum. Uh, broke my nose. Like the next time, it was it was bad news. Um, he liked to jump in. Uh, Tim was bad about jumping in when you were tired to be the fresh guy coming in. You know, which is I guess was an old trick that I didn't know because I never did that to people um, but uh, you go with two rounds two five minute rounds you're tired like hey do one with me real quick and then you're too exhausted to do anything did you ever get uh, the best of back. him man not standing up uh, probably on the ground um, the, the last time we sparred uh, it kind of turned into almost like a real fight for a second and I, I just told him I didn't want to do it anymore because I didn't want to I don't know we were friends I didn't want to do that and that's kind of what started happening with me and Matt too uh He'd kick you, leg kick you 30 times when you're sparring, you know, or whatever, and go 95%, you know, on every kick, and you're not even wearing shin pads. You know, like, dude, come wow. on. Okay, you can land that. Let's move to something else, you know? Um, but maybe I was just a pussy. I don't know, man. But I just, I didn't, I couldn't see messing up my face or my brain for free, you know? Um, of I'd rather do it for $500 in the UFC. What belt were you in jiu-jitsu? Uh, I stopped going. I was uh, still just a one-stripe white belt, and uh, I stopped going because they wouldn't let me train. The place I was going wouldn't let me train without a gi. And then I st- I just trained with the gi, but I would I would grab people's wrists and neck instead of their you know collar and sleeve because when I would roll with guys after using a gi, I couldn't hold on to anybody. I didn't know what I was doing because it's so different. And uh, they always say that rolling with a gi makes you better. I completely disagree unless you wear it and the other person doesn't. So you're not used to having it, and maybe they can you know use it to make it harder for you to move. But uh, when you get used to grabbing a sleeve and a collar, then you have to grab someone slippery, you know, sweaty. It's no, it's nowhere near the same. So uh, I would probably be a purple belt, I would say, if they um, were to, without the gi, you know, were to um, grade me or classify me. But um, I was always big and strong and athletic enough that I could get the hang with at least brown belts and black belts, like heavyweights, you know, if not submit them sometimes. Like I submitted a guy, one of the black belts that was out at Extreme Couture's, not their main one, but uh, one of the other coaches out there. I got him like three times in five minutes, you know, and he couldn't believe it. He was like, dude, and it was the same Kimura that I got, you know, hunt with just from different positions. That was like my only submission, but I had really good grip uh, strength. So once I got your wrist, it was hard, you know, for guys We were talking about like Shaq's a brown belt or a black belt. (laughs) So he says. But like, who's going to go with, who's going to submit Shaq? Yeah, it's going to be tough rolling with him, yeah. I mean, is there anybody that could... Uh, but I mean, a guy like Verdun would would tool him, you know, or whatever. Um, but it would be tough for for an average just jujitsu guy. I mean, that that size makes a big difference, man. But he'd be a little bit of disadvantage because how long his arms are too. Though it'd be easy to lock up an arm, you know. Oh yeah. Um, or something like that. But uh, yeah, we had Roy Hibbert um, used to train with us. He was a seven two guy that played for the Pacers. Oh um, yeah. So he would train a little bit with us. I didn't get to go with him, but uh, I watched him a couple times with guys. Everybody so. was like scared of him. Like, yeah, in, yeah. In, it was, in the NBA. Yeah, he he trained some MMA. I don't know how good he was. I saw um, my, I saw I'm at a strip club one time. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like about four right. Four in the morning. I think it was like with Alderman and like those guys. He was performing with them. Uh, did you watch the fights over the weekend? I did not. Um, you watch the fights? Uh, yes, because they're at the same time of CB Gold's wedding. Yeah. And I planned on uh, watching them after the wedding because they were still, like, still going to be like the main card and everything. 
because um, I left a little bit early, so I was like, I'm going to go home, watch the fights, and then I get a, a call from my girlfriend. She's like, you ready to hang out tonight? Ooh. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm getting ready right now. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I watched the fights. All right, so, so I ended up having to go out to dinner with her, go on a date instead of watching the fights. But Hopefully she's a listener. Yeah, oh, she's a big fan. <laughs> well, the last time he talked about doing anal with her yeah. and like yeah, yeah. trying to like have her put stuff up your butt yeah. and like and dildos that oh, they, things have escalated already so what, what happened uh i mean it's probably <laughs> nothing that you know trauma corkle right uh, he's, he's been around wait what so what happened uh, i ordered a bunch of uh you know bondage stuff off the off the off amazon right you know it's just a basic bondage kit and stuff i'm interested so you know we're both interested and also some vibrating stuff you yeah know, some stuff that goes in places um, and, what, and what happened? You know, it's handcuffs. We got handcuffs. We got foot cuffs. We got chains, whips, yeah, and uh, stuff like that. So it's just very, very. We, uh, it's very, very nerve wracking. The first time you go into bondage. Thank you very much. All right, for, go uh, on. I'm very, very shy. All right, go uh, on. But uh, things escalated quickly, dude. We got, I got out the the ropes and. Uh, yeah, I'm so nervous. All right, so, okay, so go ahead. I don't know what to say. Uh, okay, so, all right, so you, you tied her up? Yeah. Well, she went first, and then she got a little bit freaked out. She said coffee, which is our, our safe word, coffee. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. All right. Uh, and then I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's very nerve-wracking at first because you, like, you're claustrophobic. And you're yeah, yeah, so up. you tied her up in the bed. Are her parents home? No, this is at my place. At your, are your parents yeah, home? No. Okay, no, so she so tied her up with a rope. Yeah. And she's naked? Yeah, handcuffs and everything. But she got a little freaked out because I had her blindfolded too. And I was like whipping her with the whip in her back like, really hard, dude. Right. It's like, a, it's like a cheap little whip. It doesn't really hurt that bad. So right. I was like whipping her super hard, dude. Uh, was there blood a little <laughs> she's, bit? She's a white girl, right? I hope. Wait, okay. there, but there was blood? Yeah. That's not. That's terrible. I mean, it wasn't that much blood. All right. So then, what happened? So I, then she said coffee. She was scared and everything. I guess I freaked out, or you know, no big deal. Yeah. And then I let her do it to me. I let her handcuff my legs and my feet, and my feet are handcuffed to my hands, and, and I was on my back. And she started whipping me hard. I'm like, right. I'm a little bit turned on. That's hot. Yeah. You know. And then uh, I got freaked out. So you said coffee also? Yeah, I said coffee too. So I mean. <laughs> And uh, she's a, I don't know how you deal with this or you deal with this uh, when a girl is a squirter and you find out, because uh, my girlfriend is the only way, when she comes, she, she squirts. squirts. Yeah. It's very, very intense. Does she squirt like, coffee? No, it's, All like right, a, it's like a full bladder yeah. of urine, but it's not piss, right? I still don't know what squirt is. Do you know, Sean? I'm pretty sure it's pee. Is it? That was the rumor I heard. I don't think it is because it doesn't smell like pee. R. Kelly told me it was pee when I hung out with him. That really? Night. No. Okay, really. go on. So uh, I have. Let's just say I have to wash my sheets uh, very and my dad's sheets very thoroughly. Wait, you did it on your dad's bed? Yeah, yeah. She squirted all over your dad's bed. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he appreciated it. Yeah. And then what? Well, then you wash it before he slept in it or no? Uh, I haven't washed his yet, but I washed mine. So I he mean, slept in your girlfriend's squirt? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, he's been he's been gone all weekend, so I should probably wash when I get home. But yeah, you know, it's no big deal. Uh, well, it's kind of a big deal that your girlfriend squirted all over your dad's bed. Yeah. He yeah. might think it's a big deal. You want to hear the mistake I made? <laughs> What's the mistake uh, you made? We did the same type of thing, and uh, I came up with like a uh, the safe word, you know. But I chose the worst one ever. I chose boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just kidding. I saw that joke. Yeah, it wasn't harder. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, that's crazy. All yeah. right, so then okay, so your girlfriend squirted all over your dad's bed. I mean, you know. All right. Uh, but I think the next venture we're going to go into is uh, probably public uh, fornication, public sex. Really? Why? 
Because it's hot, dude. I mean, do I want to do it? This girl, really. this girl was a virgin. Yeah, she was a virgin. Like, over and now you're already into like ago. bondage. Yeah, dildos up her her thing. Yeah, squir- squirting. Yeah, and now you're gonna do public sex. Yeah, um, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of shy because we all know I lost my virginity in public. Uh, it was in her car. In the, I didn't know that. <laughs> in the Bank of America parking lot. Some girl lot. hit him with a car. Got into a car accident and he slept with her while she was still in a coma. No. Well, no, she, wasn't, <laughs> like, okay, no she wasn't still in a coma, but it was a little strange. You're he right. slept with her minutes I, after she hit him with a car. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, I'm sure you've had many pl- public sexes. Not really, no. <laughs> Um, Sean? No. Because uh, I don't want to like get caught because I don't even get caught. No, I just like to be on my dad's bed. It's always a little eerie now because he's dead. So oh. I wonder if like it's the ghost of my yeah. father's watching me. All right. So wait. Well, I mean, so where sex, are you thinking of public? Uh, I think it's good to start off in a car, even though it's kind of lame. It's not really public. Sex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're in like a Costco. I, I got caught in a car one time with a girl by a cop. That was the worst because yeah. she was so. It was in Florida, and then she, all of a sudden we're having sex and a light just flying. You know, I'm like, ah, oh. it was just, that was that was <laughs> yeah. rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, then, and then he joined in. Right. I was going to beat me to it. Or is just like a warning? He gave me a warning. Oh. Yeah, yeah. How long was he watching you guys? Well, he asked her like, "Are you okay or something?" And she's like, "I'm fine." So I said, that was like. Oh, the, he didn't ask you if you were. Okay. She said, yeah. "Disappointed, but fine." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was the worst part about it was he was trying to be like a, that you know like if it wasn't for that it, it would have been okay. I mean, I like uh, to do like a, a hike, sex like you go up to hike up a mountain or something or you just uh, on top of the yeah, mountain. Yeah, LA the people are hiking all the time. Why yeah. not? Why not just skip the public sex for I now? I mean. I mean, I got all you to do it once, you know. But then once you do that, what's next? What's after that? What is, because sexual fetishes and stuff. I'm have, not, have, like, you guys, have you thought about swinging already or no? No. I mean, my dad's a swinger. I don't. I mean, really? Yeah. Wait, wait with who? Uh, I mean, I don't want to get too much in detail because he's like, uh, he works for a big company and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, pays for all my shit. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, I found out. <laughs> works my, for Vivid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, across the street from Vivid. <laughs> How did you find out? Uh, just from Facebook, he has like a swing. He's like the head of like a finger swinger, like Facebook. Really? Yeah, I mean, did you, big... did you join the group? No, I mean, like <laughs> when you see this about your parent, you get very, very like yeah. scared. You no, but things are making a lot of sense it. now about you. Yeah, like, actually, I mean, because my dad is a very like perverted sexual person. <laughs> You're kidding? It would appear. I'm serious, dude. Uh, it's very, very cringy too. My dad has ADHD. Like what? You know how you have ADHD? Yeah. My dad has ADHD too. Yeah. So he like he blurts things out without like really understanding what he's saying. Well, what is people are out like in public if there's like um, you know a hot waitress or something like say something to himself it's like very creepy or you'll see him like staring at a girl's ass or titties and it's just like dude yeah. he's, very, he's a very over sexual person I think that's maybe where I get mine but I'm not as crazy as my dad when you said he had ADHD I thought you meant maybe he got into some bizarre sexual act and then suddenly just lost interest and walked away <laughs> yeah no, he couldn't keep his interest for very long now my girlfriend has said she's been interested in like a threesome is something that turns around like the idea but yeah. I know that that could be very dangerous very dangerous with yeah someone that you're in love with and you're in a relationship with. I keep trying try to tell her that. It's a terrible idea, like, by the way. Yeah, terrible idea. I don't want. I'd be so. It's only good to have threesome people that you, that you just met. Yeah, you heard about Adam's Whatever. first threesome, right? No. He tried to set it up, but it was like the wrong ratio. It ended up being him and another guy and another guy. Yeah. Wow. It ended up yeah. weird. Are you serious? Yeah, we're still friends, actually. Right. Yeah, we, okay. we have, uh, we, they weren't, they weren't in a relationship yet, no, so it worked out. Actually, though, kind of a. I was in Florida when I was in my early 20s. This girl yeah. that I had already slept with was a dancer in New Jersey, and I was my, my buddy who was like at a, right out of Jersey Shore, Central Casting, and she liked him, and she, she liked me, and she's like, hey, do you guys want to do a threesome later? And I, I was trying to be like a good friend, so right. I'm like, all right. So, like, 
the, the girls are going down on me, and then my buddy just like gets naked, and I just completely lost my like boner. Right. Like seeing your friend naked, and then watching him like go in her, I just like crawled up in like the fetal position, and like just <laughs> so, went into my bed and just like started crying. I was like, yeah, I'm done. Dude, I, I, I like completely. Yeah, it was it was rough. I'm, I'm like too jealous. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Like you know what? Just you know, you're you're look, you're 21. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah, I gotta slow down. Slow down. Because I'm already reaching the pinnacle. Yeah, you don't wanna. It's just, let's just, you and her have some normal sex for a while. Take it easy. I don't even think we've had normal sex before. It's yeah. always like been like right right from the get go, anal, first time. It's just like. <laughs> and it's all my fault, too, because when you're so horny, you do. By the way, Sean. Because you were like, put it up my ass. Just oh. laughing back there. <laughs> Uncomfortable laughter. Oh, all right, sorry. so let's talk about the, some of the fights. Slow it down for a little oh, bit. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, Jacare lost. Yeah. Uh, he lost, which I was wrong. I think he overlooked him. I honestly think that he thought he was doing a favor to the UFC by taking a fight. The last guy to do to, that I knew that like got was when Bisbing knocked out uh, Rockhold. Rockhold, yeah. Uh, people in the UFC told me, yeah, Rockhold was like the whole time acting like he was doing us a favor. Right. You can't do that when a grown man who's a trained fighter yeah. at your uh, on par with your level. Have you ever overlooked anybody? Uh, yeah, almost. <laughs> Every fight I lost for sure. No, um, yeah, I, no. I'd say probably the first fight I lost outside the UFC. Um, I got I hurt my back, which is the back injury that still hurts to this day. About three weeks out, and I was going to pull out, but I was the main event, and I was. I mean, they had sold twelve thousand tickets to the event in El Paso, Texas. I couldn't believe I was the main event. Carl Parisian um, versus Thomas Denny was on the undercard, which was hilarious because well, you know Car- you're getting painkillers afterwards. Huh? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, from Caro. It's. Um, no, but yeah, I made a joke about that. I said my cardio disappeared faster than a bottle of Vicodin at Carl Parisian's house. <laughs> Carl didn't like it, but um, you told him that joke. Yeah, I was just that. Did joke he laugh or no? No, he didn't think it was funny. He um, <laughs> he came up to me um, after we did our first press thing. I mean, they had everybody there. Don Fry. They, I mean, they really spent some money bringing people in. And uh, he goes, "Bro, I gotta ask you a question, bro." He goes, "Do you know who I am?" Like it was like I was, I was the Ultimate Fighter or something. Yeah. Again. And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "You know me, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, uh, "I'm cool main event." And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You know Thomas Denny?" I said, "Yeah, I know who he is." He goes. Uh, Who's the guy you're fighting? I was like, uh, just some guy. He's not. He's, he's not a good like bro fighter, right? I was like, I mean, I don't know. He's 25 and nine. He goes, but he's not famous. I was no. He goes, so uh, who the fuck are you, bro? Like he just said it to me, being dead serious. I started laughing. He goes, come on. I mean, you're the main event. And he goes, how are you the main event? I'm t- I'm Carl Priest. I started cracking up. I said, dude, I don't know. I thought it was weird too. Yeah. Um, you know when they did it, but uh, I couldn't believe all the hate I got. What, there. Is, what does he want from you? I don't know. He was just. I think he was half joking, but half serious. Like he couldn't believe that he had to be the. Yeah. Because um, he is. I mean, I guess at one point was one of the best grapplers in the world. He gave. Um, what is the guy, the Extreme Couture's head uh, grappling coach, Neil Melanson? Yeah. I guess he gave him his black belt. I mean, that, that guy's really, really good. So that's how well-respected Caro is. Yeah. Um, and uh, he actually taught me a, a judo throw I used in a street fight that was ridiculous at one point. Never been, a street, never been in a street fight in my life. But Caro um, showed me. I told him I couldn't take down, like, Division One wrestlers. I can't even, you know, I said I'd clinch up with them. They always drop down for double take me down. I said I was trying to look for some judo to maybe help he showed me this real strange toss where i mean like a lot of judo use their momentum against them but he showed me this real as a real complicated technique so i drilled it like a thousand times first time i used it's against jake o'brien who used to fight in the ufc and tossed him i mean flipped him in the air like he probably went like eight feet and flipped him uh as and it's right as they get ready to shoot a takedown you know man you flip them and um it's partially, partially like um a hip toss it's just crazy and it worked i only got him on a couple times he learned it and he stopped you know rushing me but Fast forward a year or two, um, I'm outside this club, and I'm getting ready to leave for Miami the next uh, night. I had to make an appearance or something in Miami, and this guy comes out, uh, this club, this drunk guy, and I've got a friend there who's Saudi Arabian, um, this little dude, and one of my friends there is a cop, but he's not in uniform, and this guy comes out of the bar for no reason and says, uh, 
Why don't you go back to fucking Iraq, you fucking terrorist? Like to my to my oh, buddy wow. for no reason and embarrassed him right in front of his girlfriend. Like I mean, really bad. And the guy's a little dude. He's not gonna fight, you know. He just kind of looked down, like embarrassed because he's embarrassed enough being Arab and all the, all that entails. No, but I mean, being people hating, you know, a lot of them in the United States, especially in Indiana, he catches that all the time. And so this guy, um, he starts saying it to him. I told my friends a cop who's another little guy. I said, Hey, would you tell that dude? To stop. I said, I'm going to end up hitting him and going to jail. And I don't want to. And uh, my friend goes over and said, man, don't do that. Just be nice. And the dude said, you know, fuck you and pushed him or whatever. So now I'm like turning into the guy you saw the night of the yeah. thing or whatever, you know, with the other one. And uh, so I walked over and said, why would you do that to him? I said, why did you, why are you talking shit? He goes, oh, you want some bitch like that or whatever. And I was like, oh my God. And he, um, he came toward me. And as he did, I just reached out and grabbed him like Darth Vader. <laughs> he used the force, but no, grabbed him around the throat like Darth Vader. He went to throw a punch and I caught his um, you know, wrist or whatever, pulled him toward me and just out of habit, just from doing that toss, end up pulling from forward and then throwing him using a hip toss. And dude, I swear it was like something out of like the old A team when Mr. T would throw somebody yeah. or DA Baracus. He went 18, probably 15 feet, hit a, <laughs> hit a van, like slammed into a van that was parked on the side of the road, upside down in the air. He's flying through there, hits the van, slides down, smacks his head on the concrete. It was all in one motion. You hear a bunch of people say, holy shit, that are watching it. And then I was so mad, I went to soccer kicking, like pride rules. I was going to soccer kick oh. him in his face because uh, I was already past that point when he you know, tried to charge me. And uh, so I went to soccer kick him. A bouncer and my cop friend grabbed me from behind. I just missed the soccer kick in the face, which probably would have killed him. So I'm really glad that it didn't happen. Uh, just miss it and then uh, he gets up his head is split open I mean just pouring blood everywhere and I turn around there's a cop standing right there like right next to me but luckily he knew my cop friend and he goes uh, you guys need to get out of here like said to us the guy stood up because you're gonna let him do that like I mean just pour I mean it's like a like he got stabbed and had just pouring blood everywhere yeah but I mean with your heart um, beating fast yeah I was still mad I was still trying to get to him man and so it's uh I'm, I'm so mad about it just because I don't know I hadn't had anybody confront me like that and then plus he insulted my friend I was being nice didn't, I hate fighting but once you get me past that point it was I wish I could have been that mad in any UFC fight that would have been nice because it takes away all fear but he um he starts saying something to the cop. He pushes the cop because the cop's not arresting me. The cop tases him. So my friend is like, let's go. As he's getting tased, I'm cracking up because he's bleeding. Now he's getting tased and falls to the ground. Me and my friend start going. His three friends that were with him start following us, and they're running their mouths to us. So when my, brother, my friend's like, just leave us alone, you know, um, and uh, he's just leave him alone. And so the guys keep saying, yeah, McCorkle, you this, because they taken a picture with me. They knew who I was. Yeah. The guy that got tossed didn't, but they did. And they uh, kept saying stuff to me. So I turned around and gave one of them one uh, upside the head or whatever, dropped him. And then the other two took off around the opposite direction. Because, I mean, they followed us for two blocks just talking shit, and I'd had enough at that point. So I turned around, stroked one of them or whatever, and he fell. And then my friend's cop's like, you can't do this. We got to go. So we were like, This is after the hunt fight or uh, before the hunt fight? Uh, this is after, yeah, like a year and a half, probably two years after. So this is where you, were, were you like roided out? Yeah, I was, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I know I was... Uh, First time I met you, you told me you were on 18 different kinds of steroids. <laughs> yeah, I was probably closer to like 15, but yeah. It was, <laughs> it was like uh, the opening line. I was trying and, to get back to and UFC. Then I, and then I was like, don't you think that's kind of bad for you, uh, like roid rage? Like, Adam, I'm the nicest guy in the world. And then yeah. something happened, and you, it was like the Incredible Hulk. You made yeah, a beeline. I that night. I was like, holy God. fuck. And you were wearing like an Affliction shirt, like right. 10 years after Affliction was right. so cool. <laughs> that's what I always did, because people, I would always, like, I was a guy wearing spandex after it wasn't cool anymore. You're probably too young to remember. Yeah. Remember spandex were a thing? I would always do it after, because I thought it was funny. Wear like an Ed Hardy shirt five years after that's people awesome. did it. That's awesome. I love that. I, would, uh, I, I, I never knew it was because you, you got it for, for free. Yeah, they would send me stuff. And, and, or and, you were doing it because you were like, fuck everybody. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I be the guy still cold. wearing Affliction. I didn't wear it when it was popular. I wore it after it was, because I thought it, would, <laughs> thought it was, I don't know, I just like to irritate people, so... 
Um, and I'm, if I'm going to be that guy, I might as well. You always do things that like, <laughs> like they take me a second and I, and I have to think about them. Even <laughs> when you're like, you, you like tell guys, like instead of going, how about I fuck your mother? You go, how about I fuck your father? Right. And I'm like, what, what is that? Like, why would you, why would you want to get fuck someone's father? I don't you know. will like just destroy your whole family. That's what, yeah, that's a double whammy because yeah. not only did I do it to your parent, but now your dad's gay. So but it's like he's got to have a boner in some guy's asshole. Right. Well, hypothetically, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, type of, but uh, I didn't actually do it to their dad. And uh, I've had guys say all kinds of stuff. I had a guy on the Twitter the other night. I said I did it to his dad. And he had no idea what to say back. He's like, dude, you're gay. Then I said, he's gay. I said, he's the one that took it. Yeah. I said, I was just taking advantage of the situation. And we got into it. Like, just kept going and going. Eventually, the dude just gave up. Like, on Twitter. Jail? No, no, thank God. No, almost repeatedly, but never, <laughs> never officially. Um, I've gotten out of it every time, so. Um, Mayhem yeah. still calls me like every every week from jail. Who does? Mayhem Miller. Oh yeah, is he still a mess, man? He's, yeah. he's doing much better. He's he's doing better than he's ever do, than I think he's done in a while. You know, I thought that was all an act. Like I thought it was just for the movie to promote the movie. When he started acting crazy, I thought that he was just trying to here's, here's one get of the his problems, name out right? there. Like, I talked to Mayhem, and he's like, he's reading a book a day. He's working out. He's he's doing like 700 push-ups, leading the workouts and the, the making everyone laugh at the jail. He's leading, but then I'm like, hey. Maybe we should record one of these for phone calls because we'll, I'm like, to, I want to let everyone know how he's doing. How yeah. he's doing, and so I got this app that like records a phone call. Right. But then he tries to like turn it on, and he's like, "Oh, I want to make sure to give everyone a show." And right. I'm, yeah. And I'm like, "No, man. Like, that's not like." Yeah. This is the show, bro. Like, <laughs> you're you're enough as it yeah. is. You don't need to be who you think Mayhem Miller. You just be Jason Miller. Like, right. Like your life is is. It's interesting enough, enough, yeah. Yeah, like this is like the only part that's not interesting is you when you're trying to do all this shit. But I don't know how to get that through to him. He, me and him, he and him had an online underground beef before I was a little bit famous before I got the UFC because he had a, he had a video where he was like on Kimbo's nuts, like eating with him. Like Kimbo's the greatest this and that. And I was always trying to fight Kimbo back in the day when they were doing the bare knuckle stuff. Still before Rich Gannon fought uh, him, or yeah, or Sean Gannon. Sean Gannon, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's Rich Gannon? I know that name. Okay. He was a quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't right. know they fought. Yeah, yeah. But no, I was trying to fight him back then. He would never, uh, they would never take it. It's like well, he doesn't fight professional fighters. I said obviously, you know, or whatever. But that was back when I had some money. I told him, I said, I'll bet you up to a quarter million dollars. Like, whatever. I said, he's not going to beat me in a fight. You know, and they're like, well, it's stand-up only. I said, even still, you know, or whatever. And they would never do it. Um, you and think I you just beat him stand-up? I don't know. I just wanted to put it, I wanted to put the emails back and forth from his manager, like his, that Icy Mike guy. I just post them on the underground. Like, looks like Kimbo turned on a fight with me just to try to get my name out there, you know? Right. And, uh, I told somebody my Josh Barnett story the other day. It was awesome. Um, back in the day, Josh Barnett, this guy hits me up that's a matchmaker, said, hey, Bart, they're looking for an opponent. And Bar- this is before the UFC. So I'm like 7 and 08 no at this point, but I've beaten nobody, right? Just a bunch of guys. My apologies to them should they ever hear this. But guys that weren't any good. And uh, they're looking for an opponent for Josh Barnett. You might call him out on the underground, see if he can. He, if he requests you, they'll let him fight. He's a big deal in Japan. It's over for not pride, but I think dream at the time or something he was with. And so um, – I uh, put on there, I said, uh, Josh Barnett thinks he can put the cowl on me. I don't know if you ever remember the whole cowl thing on the underground. It was really funny, though. I came up with it. but uh, So I put it on there, calling him out, right? Never think it's going to go anywhere. Two hours later, somebody said, dude, Josh Barnett just responded. His eighth post ever, and he's had an account for 10 years. He was like, number one, dude, I don't know who you are. You know, I didn't ask you specifically for an opponent. If it's you, that's fine. If not, uh, maybe we can meet up wherever. So I'm like, yeah, maybe we can. I respond back. I said, you got a quarter million dollars cash you want to bet? Because I'll beat your ass. And I said, we can film it, this and that. If you make the, I made 
made the conditions so ridiculous. Yeah. He's got nothing to gain and everything to lose, right? He's not right. going to be a quarter million dollars cash. Some <laughs> undefeated heavyweight nobody knows anything about who's seven or eight and oh. And he was like, why don't we just wait till I said, oh, you're afraid to fight me? Because everybody's like, is Josh oh, Barnett backing down from McCorkle, you yeah. know, or whatever? This and that, right? So uh, I got my name out there a little bit. So years later, I get to the UFC. Um, I get an email after I fought Strew. I'm was it fight. MySpace? You got a MySpace? Uh, no, no, I never had some MySpace. No, this was actually on Facebook. I get a message from somebody. His name's Josh Barnett, but it's got he's got 250 friends, and it's got an emoji cartoon, just something weird, you know? And uh, it doesn't look like he's... I didn't. I don't know. It just looked like some guy named Josh Barnett. And he was like, dude, first off, um, you know, I think you're hilarious. I saw your interviews. You cracked me up, this and that. And he said, uh, if you ever want to train together, man, I'd love to show you some stuff. And I'm like, who is this guy? going to show me some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty confident, you know, for some just guy to hit me up. And he's like, I know you're fighting in Seattle. That's where I'm from. I can help you with your after party, anything you want to do, uh, this and that. And I, I can introduce you to some sponsors, all this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. I said, well, listen, I always like talking to my fans. Like, I, I message him back. Like, yeah. I appreciate him. I kind of like to train with my own team. And I already got an agent for the, you know, for the uh, after party. So I appreciate it. And he's like, well, if you ever want to get together, I was like, yeah, man, we probably can just, you know, uh, contact my agent, this and oh, that or whatever. Wow. Not knowing it's actually Josh Barnett. That's his personal yeah, yeah. page or whatever. So fast forward two months after that, I'm at a um, affliction, oddly enough, after party in Vegas. And my agent hits me up. He goes, uh, dude, are you here at this party? I said, yeah. He goes, well, Josh Barnett's here and he hates your guts. So just watch out. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? What do you mean? He hates my guts. I said, from like eight years ago when I yeah. called him out, I said, surely he knows that was a joke. You know, he goes, I don't know what happened, but he hates you. And so I was like, that's weird. Okay. So I'm looking around thinking I'm going to fight Josh Barnett all night in some <laughs> club. So, um, I have someone else. We have a mutual friend like Mitch Rione, and somehow I said, Matt, ask him why he's mad at me. I what did I do? And, uh, so Matt asked him and he's like, yeah, he's a prick. I try to offer to help him this night. And then I realized it's it was Josh. Barnett. Yeah. Josh Barnett. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh my gosh. So I sent a message. I was like, dude, I had no idea. It was you. He goes, yeah, you didn't know it was Josh Barnett. I said, it didn't look like a, your page. I said, I thought it was just some imposter or somebody wanted, yeah. you know, cause there's people who are like Kevin McGregor. Like they try to make their page look like Connor McGregor, right. you know, or whatever. I said, I didn't know. And so he finally believed me. So we're friends now, but it was, uh, yeah, he's it was a good hilarious. Dude. He yeah. told me that like back when he couldn't find training partners he would just challenge people to fight like at a local at like yeah. a local ymca and they'd be in like the weight room and people would be like kids would be like swimming have classes at upstairs you'd see like two huge guys fighting right it <laughs> <laughs> seems right it's crazy i saw him at the the you know the fight you were talking about luke rock called michael bisping i was at that one and that's where i saw oh, uh, yeah that's where i saw tommy lee um from motley crew so he's in the vip area getting a drink and i came up to him and uh we were talking about him earlier off air not that anyone knows listening to this but um i was like dude i gotta tell you i loved you in the movie the fugitive i said that scene when you were going down in the sewers with That's him um, you know or after harrison ford that was awesome he's like rock on bro like he had no idea <laughs> had no idea what i was talking about he's like rock on bro and gave me like the fist bump or whatever like and so i don't know That's i thought funny. it was funny so, all right, uh, other fights. So, Greg Hardy had a fight this weekend. Co-main event, dude. The co-main event. I didn't see it. They found a guy who might have been the worst fighter I've ever seen in my life. Really? I make CM Punk look like Mayweather. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, he, he went out there, and it, everyone thought he was, it was a fix. Right. Like he just kept trying to shoot doubles. Looked like it. But, right. like... like <laughs> Waiting like, for the uppercut. But, like, head down. Right. Like, almost like he was trying to, like, a bad football tackle. Right. And, uh... Even Dana at the press conference was like nine and three. I gotta find the nine guys this guy beat. Holy he, shit! He goes, some of them are probably in this room. Right? Like, like he, he was like, he's like, I can understand why people would think that was a fake That's fight. That's awesome. But what I mean, if you look at the guys he beat, they were like zero oh and four, one and three. Maybe right. they were like part of the explode fight. So he did what I did before he got in the UFC. Is that That's, what I yeah. mean? I fought, fought a bunch of guys that had losing records because I thought ten and zero is ten and zero no matter who you beat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever. So if it gets me a shot, well, it, he was zero uh, and two in the UFC. 
But I guess they were like former training partners that have the same manager. Right, yeah. So maybe that's what happened. But that's crazy that they'd be able to kind of right. put that scam all the way up to the, like, I can see that happening on like the undercard or something. Yeah, but did, you see, did you see Hardy said that he's like the Michael Jordan of uh, the UFC? Like he's got that much potential? Uh, he actually said that. It's a headline. He said, I'm like the Michael Jordan of the UFC. I have the potential to be, you know, like the greatest ever. And uh, I kind of took offense to that because he took like my line. I always said I was the Michael Jordan of having my father murdered at a highway <laughs> rest stop. So God. that's how Michael Jordan's dad died. You're too young probably to know. Yeah. Over a gambling debt, allegedly. Allegedly. Of, of Mike. I mean, like, I mean, Jordan's. this guy made like Bob Sapp's looks, fights look real. That's, oh, man. That's, <laughs> that's how bad it was. Uh, John Lineker, Sanhagen, that was a good fight. Yeah. I'm uh, actually in the middle of watching that fight right now. So if people like, who are like me, if you miss a lot of the fights, there's a website called MMA Share. Let's not, let's not promote. No, it's just, right. it's legal. It's just, they oh. post like the fights after yeah. they've aired, so you just watch them all. So that's what I use. But yeah, it was a fun fight, Corey Sanhagen. Uh, Can I'm you imagine not, how funny he would have thought that Michael Jordan joke was if he would have known that Michael of, Jordan's father was murdered at a highway rest stop? Okay. Of course. It's just to talk about like, uh, some, you know, dildos up asses. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, they so, got my um, attention. Now, uh, I'll tell you though, it seems like Lineker is one of those guys, if he can't get you out in the first round, you can beat him. <laughs> So he's yeah. also like me. Is that <laughs> That's how I was. I had about four minutes to beat really? you, and then it was over. Yeah, it was uh, too much stress, man, too much. Uh, I don't know. I never, I, I don't know. I'd make a lot of mistakes. Didn't warm up right. And uh, I, I always, like, crowds would boo. It seemed like my fights, if you didn't, I saw Anderson Silva circle with Vitor Belfort one time for four minutes before the first punch was thrown. Not a boo in the audience. Like, I fight Christian Moorcraft in Seattle. There were three seconds of inactivity, and the place is ready to throw us out, you know, or whatever. Like, at some point, he knees me in the balls three times in a row. Like, I fall down, I hold my nuts for a second, I stand up 30 seconds later, the ref's like, you ready? I was like, dude, give me a second. You know, I just got yeah. needing the balls. And then everybody starts booing me. And like, I'm looking around like, you guys are, I just got needing the balls. You ever had that happen? Yeah. And I was going to, at the time, I was going to give the double bird to the camera so it would show on the big screen to the crowd because then everybody would really boo me. Yeah. But I was afraid it was on TV, I thought. So I was like, I don't, you know what I mean? Nobody if I do got, that, uh, gonna... kicking the balls like, what's his name? Uh, Brock's training partner. Uh, Chris was... Tersher. Oh, did he? I didn't yeah, see it. He would yeah. never win, and he always got kicked in the ball. Right. Every, every, every one of his fights. Did you see Matt rupture, uh, what's oh, his yeah. name's testicles last fight, Mitch Rion? That was brutal, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Uh, Carlos Barza won. Happy for her. Happy for Angela Hill, um, which I made a joke about. Uh, she's come a long way since losing to Cron Gracie because she looks a little bit like Bruce right. Leroy. Yeah. I mean, it's just the hair. But anyway. <laughs> uh, and uh, Glover Teixeira, he won. He beat uh, this guy, Kudalabra. Uh, and he was getting the first like the ref had no control over it there was there was low blows there was like all kinds of crazy stuff going on back in the head punches and then Glover had that old man strength he kind of reminds me of the guy you used to train with a little bit uh, oh Tom Erickson yeah. yeah yeah he's the real world strongest man you've never seen anything like that guy man unbelievable yeah they're toe the I was gonna say Tom Cactus Tom no the uh, oh what is it the barn cat right no, was it the barn cat? Isn't it the barn cat? No, the big cat. The big yeah, cat? the big cat. Yeah. So it was. It was uh, I don't it was, know who was the barn cat, but it wasn't him. Who's the big cat? Tom Erickson. Uh, but that, no, Tom Erickson knocked out. Uh, rest in peace, Kevin Randleman. Yeah. In a fight, about killed him that time, man. That uh, I couldn't believe he. They lost were best a, friends at that time too. I told Tom, I said, you knew him at the time because we were all we were friends. I said, dude, you went after the finish after he was obviously completely out. You still blasted him three or four times on the face on the ground. He was like, hey, it's just the name of the game. I was like, wow. Would you give you an idea how fun it is? to train with Tom he submitted me with a guillotine by my face one time really? like he couldn't get underneath my neck so he just picked me up with the blade of his wrist by my face in a guillotine and lifted me off the ground about ruptured every disc in my neck man people I was, say if he hadn't got hurt he would have been one yeah. of the best ever oh man he was unreal they would, Fedor would never fight him back in the day he tried to take that fight several times but people don't understand when he was fighting he wasn't training at all they would call Japan likes to call you on a week's notice 
and say, they called me on 30 hours notice. I fought Satoshi Ishii on 30 hours notice. And I mean, I was in the ring fighting 30 hours after I got the phone call. And then they, they stuck me, they were going to pay me 25 grand. They only gave me 15. And then suddenly they didn't speak English anymore. When I asked my other $10,000 where suddenly they speak no English at all. I'm like, no, no, you owe me 25. I was like, ah, oh, Mr. Bawa. I was like, no, that's not, no, no, $10,000. Ah, uh, later, we do later. I was like, no, now. Didn't he lose so, to Heath Herring? That was a... Yeah, a flying knee. He was shooting a takedown and Herring threw a flying knee and... Uh, Heath Herring is one of the biggest human beings I've ever. I yeah, mean, he's out of control, he's man. He's huge. He was an entertaining fighter. I, mean, I hated to see him. I guess he quit fighting. He said he just wasn't going to do it for what they were paying him, man. That's what I had heard. That he said he just wasn't doing it for forty grand or whatever, you know, with as much as he was bringing in to me fans he had, which I understand. But I once like at the MMA where I was like picking up, trying to pick up a girl, and I got rejected. And Heath Herring is like, aha, they're laughing in my face. Right. I'm like, thanks, dude. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. bad enough you're eight times the size of me. Like, right. <laughs> like, what am I going to do to Heath Herring? Yeah. But he's so big, and then. You like think that Brock made him look small, right? Yeah, that was a uh, that was brutal, man. Jake O'Brien, my friend, that was his third fight in the UFC, and he beat him. And we thought that was the biggest deal ever for a guy from Indianapolis, a little unknown guy, to beat Heath Herring. And then I beat Mark Hunt, and that kind of made that look like shit. So yeah, I like to throw that what in as much Jake as possible. Man, he just got tired of it. I think they had him fight in succession. He fought John Jones. Um, Andre Orlovsky, they were trying to get rid of him because his fights were boring. Everybody online was calling him Jaco Boring. You know, they were calling him the Wet Blanket and stuff. I mean, they were coming up with new inventive names for him all the time. He's just a real good wrestler with great takedowns. He would do the same thing Tito Ortiz does, but he wouldn't talk all the trash and stuff. So it was like, I mean, he's very similar to Tito um, fight style. But they just did. They said he was boring, so they did everything they could to get him beat and ruin his career three or four times. I mean, if you look at the the run of guys he had. I know it was John Jones, Arlovsky. He fought like four of the best fighters in the world, like back to back to back, and then they just got rid of him, like dropped him. And uh, he went over and lost, took a fight on 10 days' notice with uh, – who's the guy just signed with Bellator? Oh, Musasi. Oh took a fight God. with him on 10 days' notice, and they wanted him to weigh – uh, 205 and he was 245 at the time and he said or no he was like 255 and they wanted him to weigh no 245 they wanted him to weigh 185 for the fight and he said I don't think I can make 60 pounds he said like in 10 days I said well just get as close as you can so he drops 35 or 40 in 10 days he's within 18 pounds the doctor says he can't cut anymore so then uh, Japan paid him 10,000 of the 40,000 he was supposed oh to get because they said you didn't make weight we're only giving you 10,000 so he, he just said fuck this yeah and he said he would have never he said I would have never even took the fight for 10 grand you know or whatever he said he flew his girlfriend over with him all this stuff you know for two grand and um, but yeah, he's supposed to be getting 40. They paid him 10. They said that because the fight, he shot a takedown. The guy, Musasi got him to guillotine and submitted him, I think, 45 seconds in. They said you didn't make weight and the fight wasn't much of a fight, so we're only giving you 10. So uh, they're good about that. Japan's really good. They called me after they stuck me for 10, wanted to know if I went to fight Hong Man Choi for $5,000 in Korea or South Korea. And I was like, so you owe me 10? You want to know if I want to fight for five? And I said, send me the 10. And I'll come fight him for five. And I wasn't going to fight him. Like, I just wasn't yeah. going to show. And they wouldn't do it. I think they knew. I said, send me the 10 yomi and I'll take that fight for five. But I remember when he, was gonna, when he fought Jose Canseco. Yeah, that was awesome, Canseco, man. Canseco, it was like, came in with like a girl, some, like his wife. Right. And like a baseball bat, like uh, walking to the, to the cage. That was awesome. And like, and like spandex. So Mike Perry fought. Mike Perry, was, he fought this guy, uh, What's his uh, name? Mexican cowboy, Alex like, Olivier, yeah. Olivier. And Cowboy's dancing on the way in, and Perry's just dancing to his song, right. like in the in the <laughs> octagon. And uh, and Perry won, but like the cowboy had the worst game plan. You're never gonna beat Mike Perry if you stand in the middle of the cage and, and trade punches. No, he has the never. hardest head ever. Like Alan Juban laid out the perfect blueprint for beating a guy like Mike Perry, 
But guys are like, no, I want to get into a tough man. Right. He's always going to win that. Always. He, he ain't going to stop throwing, man. That's a, I saw him fight in Florida. It was so funny. There was a guy down there. I don't want to say his name because Mike might attack him. But he goes, dude, you got to meet this kid, Mike Perry, after this fight. You got to meet him. I said, okay. He goes, he believes it. And I was like, what does that mean? He goes, he just believes it. And I was like, believes it? And uh, he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I didn't really know what he meant. So I'm talking to Mike after. He's like, I'm the best in the world. Like, he's like, tell this. Like, I started laughing. I was like, that's what he means. Like, he really oh, believes yeah. it. Like, he really, like, unbelievable confidence, you know, or whatever. I was like, he does believe it, you know, or whatever. But uh, that's what he was saying. But uh, he was saying he was going to be really good. He'd send him box some or whatever. He said, if, and if guys stand trade with him, good luck, man. Because he, uh, he does. He's got, he's got a lot of pride, a lot of balls, and a hard head, man. So Hard head. Uh, Bell, you watch Bellator? Uh, uh, I didn't, I like but I lost that. some money on it. So Rory McDonald is the strangest guy in the planet, right? Yeah. So he, he has a draw with John Fitch. So I thought he won that fight. You thought McDonald won because I bet on Fitch. I figured at four to one, Fitch was worth the bet. It, it was worth the bet, and Fitch hung in there. And and but the rounds that Rory won, he won bigger. And I think, did he? I think he won three out of five. I'm pretty sure he did. Fitch has a but it was yeah he he won, but Fitch made it close. Right. But, but they said split decision. I'm like oh it's a split Rory. But then afterwards, Rory starts saying, God spoke to me. I don't have this in me anymore. Did he really? I don't want to hurt other men. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if I can do it. Really? It was like he became like a, a Sunday, like he, like he found Jesus. Right. And I'm like, man. And then he, he's fighting Gracie next, uh, Neiman Gracie. Yeah. And... Uh, they, they, they brought him in there. It was just strange. It was- Unless that's, I can't imagine him trying to pull a game plan, but I'll tell you what, if you feel like that, because I got the same way toward the end of mine, and I, I was like, I got to quit fighting, because I would find myself trying to submit guys instead of, like I'd have a chance to blast him in the face on the ground, and I would like, I don't want to hurt this dude, you know what I mean, or whatever, and try to submit him, and I started thinking, that I'm you're in the wrong business if you don't want to hurt people, man. It, uh, Fedor, toward the end of his career, uh, well, he's still fighting, but the first time he retired, um, they asked him why he didn't ground and pound against a certain opponent. He said there's more humane ways to win than yeah, a punch of people over. in the face. It's yeah, but when you're thinking that way, dude, you might as well forget, because that other dude will murder you if he gets the chance. You know, like that's what my my dad used to always say to me. He kept saying, you got to remember, it's not a game. I was like, I know, Dad, but he would, uh, he noticed I was taking it easier on guys, you know, or whatever, and he was like, that, you know, the other guy would kill you if, if it meant winning, you know, or whatever. He would end your life. He said, you can't be, you know, nice to guys. And I was like, yeah, and that's that's when you know, man. It's uh, Has he had kids recently or something? Because we have kids that'll do it to you too, man. You you get kids, you start like, I don't know, something about it softens. I had a big Brazilian except, fighter I was except managing. Except for Cowboy Cerrone. He's right. Like, yeah, he, yeah, it didn't. the other way. Did like, you did you ever see his uh, story about almost dying cave yeah, diving? Yeah, yeah. And he still does it. Can you believe that, dude? That would scare me out of cave diving. That scared me listening to it. It scared me too, but like I feel like I've almost died and uh, in, in certain car accidents. And right. Like, I'm like, man, how come he's just more he's much more detailed in his almost dying? Thing? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, man, he, he's a lot. I don't know. He's, he paints a lot much tells a lot better story than I do. Yeah, that was horrifying sounding, man. I'm real claustrophobic though, so maybe that was part of it too. So uh, Ben Henderson looked great. Uh, Henderson won. Uh, Alima McFarley, McFarland, that was a, a good fight. And she was, it was close. And then she hit an elbow that split the girl's head. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, and was a lot of blood, blood everywhere. Yeah. And it was like that, like, that new blood. It's like bright that bright red. <laughs> yeah. It almost looked fake. The non EPO blood. <laughs> Have you ever had blood on your face like that? Uh, I had blood in my mouth just pouring one time, and I was like, God, I hope that's mine. And it turned out it was the other guy. And this is before the before the blood testing days. The guy was real. He looked like a Harley Davidson rider. Johnson or? Uh, no, no, it was awesome. It's uh, although I did get so sick like two weeks ago, I uh, told somebody that I think I was going to be break my um, break Magic Johnson's uh, like twenty some year old record for worst disease reception in a single season it's, it's unbelievable I like how healthy he is yeah it's, that's what money will do for you man I yeah. guess it, uh, it's amazing so uh, and I'm so happy by the way for Phil Davis 
Phil Davis won. He's on fire, dude. Dude, he beat um he he beat uh, uh, uh Liam McCary and uh I lost money on that one too. And Phil, you know, started off as a kickboxer again. I'm like, no, stop it, please go to wrestling. Got he tired, was winning the kickboxing exchanges, then took him down. And I just did great. I'm, I'm super happy for Phil. He's uh, a nice guy, man. Real nice guy. Yeah. I hung out with him in Vegas. So he was a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. And almost like you can't believe he's a fighter. Right, yeah. He's he, jolly almost. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> jolly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I was, I was super happy about that. Um, and now let's talk about the fights coming up this weekend. Uh, more fights this weekend, right? I think so. I'm not sure. Really? No. Um, oh, by the way, who do you think is going to Chael or Machida? Um, God, I would say I hope Chael wins, but probably Machida. It's hard to root for Chael these days because, like, his past few fights in Bellator have been super suspect. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, very strange watching him fight these days, dude. I yeah. love some of my favorite people. In the sport, yeah, when he but... went for that weird role against Fedor. Yeah, that was that was that was odd. That was an odd choice. Is he just doing uh, it for fun now, or is he just like? I, I think, man, I honestly think some guys. I've known guys that fight like that. They sometimes have like a. Almost like the ADHD during a fight, you know, like they just lose like track of what they're trying to do. They just yeah. do something weird, man. Like it, uh, there was a guy I saw one time. He tried to pull a double knee bar. He tried to he tried to roll once and didn't get it. Jumped up and did another dive roll. And the guy was it was Ken Shamrock was ten feet from him. Like the guy was just staring at him. Like I was like, what are you, what are you so, doing? That's a highlight all over the internet. But. So at one FC this Saturday night, Friday night, uh, Yushin Okami's fighting. Uh, I didn't know he was in one FC. Yeah, uh, he's fighting Kimran. Uh, by the way, if you see that that the the Iranian Hulk. To start a fight? Uh, I saw he was going to, yeah. Dude, how can he even punch? How can he possibly even like physically <laughs> throw a punch? Greg Wilson said his, his, like, his, his, he's going to be the, his name his move is going to be the the, uh, the windmill. He just keeps, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, what is that? What, what's going on there? I think the strongman probably contests don't pay anything anymore, um, and so I think there are a lot of guys who are looking to get into fighting. Because I the mean, there's no way so. that guy has not taken steroids. Oh yeah, straight. no, yeah, like, no. It's no there's straight HGH, dude. Human growth hormone. It's not even like he's ripped. He's yeah. just like. I mean, who would you fight him? Yeah, I mean, not now. I wouldn't with my back, but before I would have. It, uh, you know, I fought Pujanowski, who a lot of people say is the strongest man that ever lived, till I beat him and declared myself the new strongest <laughs> man who ever lived. But uh, yeah, it, it's amazing because their strength doesn't really translate nearly as well as you would think it would in fighting. Like, I mean, obviously he was strong, but he wasn't as strong as Tom Erickson, like we were saying in a fight. You know, like he oh, didn't yeah. feel nearly as strong as him because that's we know how to apply that weight. You know, it's a lot. Uh, it's right. a whole different totally. world. In wrestling, you, know? you see it all the time. I remember going to wrestling camp and they were like. Doing an, an, an impression of bodybuilders, like, hey, they're all jacked. Like, what right. was your record this year? Four and four. Right. And then you, like, five and six. It doesn't right. necessarily. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. So Invicta's having a eight. Uh, this Friday night is a, it's a, a tournament uh, where eight girls, one night tournament really? uh, in Invicta. And some girls that we know are in it. Uh, first of all, uh, Caitlin Curran, who's Caitlin Curran. She's four and six, but she's a hot Hawaiian. Uh, smoking hot. She's got a uh, tattoos on her boobs. That's the only thing I don't like. Right. I, I've never been. I don't know. I like when girls have sleeves uh, or a tattoo on their, you know, certain places, but on their right. chest is always like, eh. But anyway, so she's fighting Suna something. Uh, Danielle Taylor. She's the one who remember she kept winning in the UFC. A little short He's black like girl. That, tall, yeah. yeah, but she's like she can box. She's in oh, it. the UFC cutter. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. She's fun to watch. Sharon Jacobson, who's in the military. She's in it. Uh, she's fighting Mizuki Inoue, uh, Amber Brown. She uh, she's been on the podcast. She's fighting. Yeah. So there's a bunch of girls. Uh, they're gonna fight all in one night. That's awesome. Hmm. Uh, and then in the Bellator this week, uh, Brent Prius. You know him? I do not. He's good. He's fighting Tim Wilde, uh, Derek Campos. You know him? No. Nope. Fabian Edwards. He's from hmm. England. He's good. 
Uh, yes, I guess it's, 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 it's in England. It's, uh, where is that? It's in Bellator is in England, yeah. UFC, uh, this week, Al Iaquinta versus yeah, God, uh, Donald dude. Cerrone. It should be a really good one. Ooh. I don't know who wins this fight. How can you not love Al, man? That dude is awesome. Like, if you watch his interviews, man, he cracks me up. All right, let's break this fight down. You got to go in kickboxing, Cerrone, right? Yeah. Sure. Uh, In jujitsu, I think also Cerrone. Yeah. In wrestling, Al. Right. In toughness. I got to say Al. I got to say Al. I mean, we've seen Cerrone break. Yeah, you're not going to break. If Al didn't break against uh, against Khabib, he's not going to break. He's never broke ever. No, ever. He's got that rage, too. That I guess it's a nickname. But Al, plus, he's a realtor, so like, I don't know how that plays into it, but he's a real estate agent also. So so who are we picking? I, uh, I'd say Al. Yeah, I mean, but also, look at who uh, Cerrone just beat. Alex Hernandez. He was a super, like, And Mike Perry before that. Dude. Yeah, yeah dude. I love seeing that when a guy, when the young guys come up and think they're going to beat the old guy and talk a bunch of shit yeah. or whatever. I was so happy when Cerrone yeah, beat that guy. It's I was like, hard to bet against him. What about yeah. when Wilson did that with uh, your boy? Did that against uh, uh, no, uh, Noguera? No, Noguera against the guy that you said wrestled in college that the coach let him not even wrestle. Oh, yeah, Dave Herman. Dave yeah, Herman. he said jiu-jitsu didn't work, you know, and everything. Like, yeah, he's yeah. Like, yep, and uh, Noguera put it on him, armbarred him no less because he said jiu-jitsu didn't work. In so. Brazil. Yeah, that And was you can awesome. see uh, Herman go, oh, fuck. Yeah, he was so, yeah, he was so embarrassed because he was saying he had never been submitted, I don't think, before that. And he was really, he's really hard to submit. He's a real good wrestler, real good defensive wrestler. So Yeah, a lot. Um, well, when you get him to train, you can never get him to train ever. I would drive down to Bloomington, which is it's IU, you know, where his school was at. Um, I would go down there, Indiana University, for those of you not from Indiana. But I would go down there and pick him up to train drive an hour down, drive an hour back up, and he would hit the speed back for three rounds and I want to go home. Really? And I was like, dude, I drove all the way down here to get you and I got to bring you back. You're supposed to train with me. He's like, you're too big, man. I'm not doing that. That stuff's... I'd be like, can you spar a little bit? No, man, I'm not trying to get hit. And I'd be like... He didn't know that you were big before you came and got him? Uh, no, he knew, but yeah, he, he thought I just wanted him to train. Like, he didn't know, like, I didn't want to go with you. I thought you meant just train. What is it and with you, like, you and your friends? Like, because you're like yeah. the nicest guy. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like a lot of people take advantage of you. Always, yeah. Like I'm always Matt the Matrione, dude. You flew yeah. to Vegas to train with <laughs> yeah. him? Five, I put five days in Vegas. Matt said he'd pay for my flight, hotel, food, everything. I'd come out and help him get ready. Did not see him one time the five days I was in Vegas. He was supposed to pick me up the first day uh, outside because all of a sudden the hotel room, he didn't have it when I got there. And then I'm like... Uh, but where was he training while you were there? Uh, Couture's. And so he was like, uh, he was like, uh, hey, he said, I'll be there in 10 minutes to pick you up. I was like, dude, you got to give me at least 15. I got to get down to the, I didn't know you were coming. You know, you, you haven't called me. So I'm at the Wynn Casino. I come down. I stand out there for about 45 minutes. He never comes. Finally texts me, hey, just catch a cab uh, to come here. I said, dude, I'm not paying $100 for a cab all the way to Couture's from the Wynn. The Wynn's all the way down the other end. Yeah. He goes, we'll just do it tomorrow. Don't hear from him the next day. Don't hear from him the next day. Don't hear from him the next day. I leave out on Friday. Friday, as I'm getting ready to get on the plane, he's like, hey, you want to work out today? I said, dude, I'm going back home. Like, I've been here for five days. I haven't seen you. I'm in $1,200 on a hotel room and food. You know what I mean? Like, But no, was, uh, was he part of a class or he was? Uh, no, just he, he, Matt kind of does his own thing, man, on training. He's he's very uh, unorthodox when it comes to training. He might stay in Indianapolis and just train with some local dudes that aren't even fighters or he might go out and train with, you know, may go to Holland and train over there with some of the best kickboxers in the world. You never know what he's doing. Wrestling's really good, right? Matt, no. That's actually the weakest part of his game. So, like, did you know that, did you expect that to happen with Bader? Um, I thought I thought Matt could catch him standing up. Uh, I didn't know if Bader, because being a smaller guy, he's not that small, but he's not as big as a lot of the guys Matt's used to fighting. So um, I figured if Bader got him down, it would be a problem because Bader's got such good top control. But, uh, yeah, I thought it would be less one-sided than it was uh, for sure. But Matt, is it's weird. He was a defensive tackle in the NFL for five or six years. You would think his wrestling would be really you know, good. I mean, that's what you're basically doing, wrestling against guys, you know. Um, but he picks up striking super fast. They can show him something two or three times, and he's got it. But he's always just struggled with uh, – 
with wrestling, his jiu-jitsu is not even bad now. You know what I mean? He's got, he's learning, uh, he works with really good guys, but uh, yeah, his wrestling is just never, it may be because he just likes to fight standing up instead, you know, and doesn't really want to uh, wrestle. But uh, yeah, if he could get his defensive wrestling a little bit better, he would, uh, he'd be a lot better, man. Uh, but some, I mean, I could never pick up striking that we kind of were the opposite. I could pick up ground fighting and wrestling really easy. Couldn't strike to save my life. I think and he it's was easier the opposite. To pick up striking than wrestling though. Yeah. Yeah. Some it's it's hard, man. Like, some people just don't have it, man. It, uh, uh, so Derek Brunson taking on Elias Theodoro. Good fight. Dude. Uh, Elias is one of those guys that like, he's like, it's like, he's like that Sam Alvey, Elias Theodoro, Clay Guida, where you can't look good against these guys. Right. They just somehow, that, that, that old guy from Australia that has like two broken legs but wins all of the beat Rashad Evans. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I do. I can't remember his name, though. That, that guy's like 80 years old. He's like Olympian from Australia. Yeah. Dan something. Yeah. Dan something. Dan. Yeah. Dan Kelly, his name? Yeah, Kelly. Dan Ke- I don't know. Something that kind of, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. But that guy. <laughs> no, I got to look there, up. But yeah, aren't there certain guys that just like. Yeah, they don't they have make a you really look bad. Style, but, but they just. They just grind it. And man. they win. They grind out the dub. But Derek Brunson, when he fights smart, can beat anybody. Yeah. He just doesn't always fight smart. I think in his last fight against, um, what's his name, Israel Adesanya, oh. he, was just, he was just like fired up. He just wanted to go in there and knock this kid out. But I think he just got overzealous, and I think he knows the mistakes he made in the last fight. So I think he's going to be a lot smarter, maybe a bit more hesitant. I think it's Dan Kelly. That's Is it? Yeah, I was curious. Did you guys think uh, on that uh, – the style bender guy, did you think he well, – I mean, I thought that was probably the best fight I've ever seen, if not one of the top two against um, – which is like Gaslam. Yeah, I thought that I was watching that fight, and even people people at my house that don't usually watch fights were like just like amazed by it, like yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah. man, this is awesome. But it was a yeah, that was a that was an awesome fight. So, man. what are you saying about that fight? About which one? About Salvender versus Kelvin. Um. Oh no, I was just saying that that <laughs> I was just making something up. No, I was just saying that uh, I was rooting for. Uh, um, Kelvin, right? Yeah, um, during that when I lost money on that one, also I lost money on a lot of fights. But um, yeah, I Have think you made he, uh, money on any fights or not? Yeah, I usually make money, man. On the I uh, usually be underdogs because you can't bet on favorites. Good luck ever, you know. Do you do um, the, uh, the, uh, do you do the uh, parlays? Or? Yeah, that's usually why I make my money. Do two or three fight parlays because I can normally pick. Uh, there's some fights I know who's going to win, you know, or whatever. And like, uh, like for example, when Khabib was fighting Connor, I knew there was no chance. Everybody, you know, and I know that Connor's got so many fans, um, you know, or whatever. They're gonna, they're gonna tip the scales on the betting lines. So I did the same thing when he fought Floyd Mayweather, parlay with a couple other fights I know that are going to go a certain way, and then it pays five, six to one, put a couple hundred bucks on it, make 1,200 or 2,000, you know? So um, that's what I typically like to do, or bet NBA games live. Nice. I had to stop betting because it makes me, like, angry at the fighters. Yeah, yeah, it does, man. I'm down to, like, all right, I've got five fights that won. I'm about to win, like, 800 bucks, and then, like, somebody will fight who's a favorite and then just like do something stupid and lose. I would just feel really bad if I bet against somebody and then uh, they won and they come on the podcast and then like yeah. they're my friend. I'm like, right. oh, I'm so happy you won. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like I thought they were going to lose. Yeah. I even feel bad when people, people hit me up. They go, who's going to win? And like, I'll tell them who I thought, who I think is going to win. And a lot of times it's like my friend I think is going to lose, but I'm, like, right. but I'm like, but then my friend wins and I feel like a dick. Right. Congratulating them. That's uh, what I, I had a friend bet against me when I fought Mark Hunt. He bet five grand against me oh and didn't God. tell me. And uh, it was the talk of the town after I won or whatever. Because <laughs> everybody's like, you know, he bet five grand against you because he got even money with people that we were fighting. I guess Hunt was on supposedly a three or four to one favorite, you know, going in. So he's like, if I can get even money, you guys are crazy. So um, everybody was, uh, it was funny. He fought in the UFC. They called him the hater herder. That was his uh, nickname, Johnny Reese. And he bet five 
grand against me and they try to say that does he have to kill himself now he has to hurt himself because he was basically being a hater oh. by you know bet, like betting against his friend you know or whatever like uh, like I, I've had fights I thought Matt was going to lose because I knew that Mitrione wasn't necessarily training or he had personal problems or whatever and I thought he was going to lose but I could never bet against him no, ever no, no, man because no. then I'm then I'm rooting against my friend to, you know yeah, you can't do want that. him to lose never would never do it so alright also on this card Cub Swanson is taking on Shane Burgos I hope Cub wins Cub needs to win Cub needs to win. Shane Burgos, 11-1. and one. I don't even know if I've seen this dude fight He's before. He's good. He's from Long Island. Tough kid. Really tough kid. He, like, knocks people out cold. Yeah. Cub's got to win. Who did Cub just fight? There's a guy who, who just had twins. Cub and, did? Yeah, yeah. With, uh, what's your name? Um, beautiful girl. Nice girl, too. Uh, she used to work at for Pride. Uh, do, like, those, those Pride... Shows best of pride. They're gonna say the, the announcer. It's like she I hope you didn't. Was. <laughs> no, I meant no, like no, a lady no, no, that screamed no, 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 out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Beautiful girl. Uh, anyway, she's, I don't have any idea. You know, she is, is. Is he coming off of a loss? Cub Swans. Uh, yeah, I think he's coming off like two losses. I was there. He, he, I think mean, he, he lost to um, uh, Hanato. Oh, Moicano? Yeah. No, La Laranja. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost to Hanato. And then, That's the only Hanato I know. Uh, also, let's see who else. Uh, Walt Harris. There's a guy who's fighting Sergei Spivak. I don't know who that is. The guy's 9-0. Is BJ Penn fighting on this one, or is that later? BJ got in trouble. Yeah, I heard. For, like, yeah. domestic violence or something. Or some, I don't know what happened. Macy Chasen. This is that girl, really a crime, though? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Macy Chasen. Well, I was thinking, like, like, I don't know. You were thinking uh, that you like you. No, I had a girl one time. My first girlfriend, I used to fall asleep, and I'd wake up with her riding me all the time. Wow. Yeah, yeah because I guess I didn't get her off during sex, and she right. was like trying. And I'd be like, oh, whatever. So I would try to do the best, and she'd be like, good job, and be like, wow, you're pretty good for not being awake. Right. You know? Yeah. But if I did that to her, I'd be, I could be, be in jail problem. right yeah. now. Like, damn. You know? I did hear that you like your beer the same way you like your violence. Okay. Domestic. Yes, that's that's. that's a, I stole that joke too. <laughs> so Macy Chasen, this girl, I saw her beat. She beat Gina. Remember uh, Gina Danger, girl I used to date a long time ago. Uh, Sarah. Moore. Wait, she beat her. Yeah, she beat her pretty bad. And so I girl like used to date. Girl, fought? Yeah, girl. Well, she was in the UFC. She was oh. a fighter. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought just. I thought she just happened to be fought and fought a <laughs> yeah. UFC fighter. I was no, like, no, that's no. Weird. She's fighting Sarah Morass. Sarah Morass, who beat Angela Hill, looked uh, look great in her last fight. Uh, Macy Chasen, she's like one of those fighters in their weight division that's like freakish, freakishly big for their division. Yeah. So she's going to be a problem for a lot of women. I, don't I hope Sarah wins. I don't, I don't see how Sarah's going to win. Sarah's one of those weird, bizarre fighter, though, that like, she beat Ashley Evan Smith. She has like weird flexibility. Right. And she, and she started training in like Canada with like by herself at like her local 24-hour fitness or something. And now huh. she's over at like either Syndicate or Extreme and like in a real camp right and those people do much better a lot of times so I'm, i've seen it go the other way where the yeah. guy was doing better when he was with like the joe schmo gym right but now uh she's won two in a row i mean beat ashley evans and angela hill i don't know but this roy nelson girl. used to train in his living room like yeah. roy nelson literally put mats in his living room his when kitchen, they yeah or something yeah it was <laughs> but he was training his house oh, i got you i thought you were serious no, i'm like serious. somewhere in there. <laughs> he was just training in his house it was yeah. strange uh, also, Juan Adams. See that, see that guy fight? Never. Oh, no. this dude's hilarious. He's he's always complaining that no one wants to fight him on <laughs> uh, on, on Twitter. But he looks like he's like this big black dude. That like doesn't matter what color he is, but I yeah, understand. yeah. Uh, he just looks like he, he just looks funny. But his fights are always just like they look like those backyard brawls. Right. Uh, but it's crazy. Yeah, this should be a good fight. And then Mitch Gagnon's fighting against Cole Smith. It's a good card. It's a lot. It's a lot of Canadians. 
It's on Saturday? Saturday. Is that ESPN? That's on a pay-per-view, surely, right? No, no. Yeah, it's just on ESPN? No, ESPN. All ESPN+. Plus. ESPN+. Plus. And then PFL. PFL is uh, May 1st. May, oh, no, May 9th. That's, uh, that's going to be good. That's for a million dollars. Six fighters winning a million dollars. And that's uh, Lewis Taylor, uh, whose nickname is Put the Guns Down. He's from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. put, the, put, the, put the Guns Down. Uh, he won a million bucks last year. He was a wrestling coach at like 30, became a pro fighter, won a million dollars. And he's doing it again. Kayla Harrison, they started a 155-pound women's division. Did they really? Yeah. This girl so, is fucking ripped. I said, 155 I women's division? Yeah. Wow. This girl's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Never been done in judo. She did it twice. She, she, she has arms. She's, she's great dating that guy, Rocco. Rocco's a, what's his name? The guy from ATT. Rocco's nice guy. Freddie? No, no. <laughs> Rocco. Not him. His name is, uh, he changed his name to Rocco. His name is not Rocco. Oh, is it Tony Martin? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm like, he just changed his name to Rocco? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. It doesn't even sound like Tony Martin in any way. They like, he, they like, it's like, call me T or something. It's like, just call me Rocco. Yes, like, right. His name is Rocco. <laughs> He's fighting Damian Maya next. Rock, really? Rocco. Has that been announced? Yeah, it's oh, been announced. Yes, I saw that. And I'm like, I'm Adam Hunter. Call me Kevin. People are like, what? What's, go- what's going on here? Call me Boris. <laughs> right. I'm like, that's strange. Yeah. I, I did hear that, um, you know, they're always after that uh, 18 to 34 male demographic. Uh, I read in the paper the other day that ever since they started the 155-pound male division, the African-American 18 to 34 male demographic has exploded for the viewers. Really? Because like big white women. That's what I was getting oh, at. Oh, come on. That's funny. That's hilarious. You, <laughs> Damn said, it. you said men's division. You said women's division. No, I said the oh, women's division, yeah. but the 1834 African-American men were watching it. Also, John Howard is in this. John Howard, uh, who is the, uh, he says he has autism. He just discovered that a couple years ago. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah. So, but he's he's he has, he's autistic. Uh, he's fighting Magomed. Magomed <laughs> I've never seen him draw anything. <laughs> I'll show you something funny as we were as we were driving here. Um, there was a guy in a suit on a scooter, um, and my girlfriend started recording him, and she's going to put on Snapchat, and it like does suggested titles. And this guy's driving real fast on a little scooter. He looks crazy wearing a suit, hair blowing around. And the first one that came up was it said it's Autism Awareness Month. <laughs> like that's what that's the first thing it says on Snapchat, the first suggestion for that video. And I was like, I said, yeah, I'd probably probably go to a, a different one. Me and Connor Huna were coaching, right? They told us, hey, a kid on your team has autism this year, right? So there was one kid that was never listening, like just screaming, out of control. We went out of our way to be nice to him. Turned out he didn't have autism. There was another kid that was a dick. That was like that sweet kid didn't know right from left. That kid right. was just being a dick the whole right. the whole season. He got we away with out it. of our way. Like the other kid, like didn't know right from left. The kid that had like you would never know anything was wrong right. with that kid. Like right. come on. And so Ray Cooper the third. Is fighting Zane Kamaka in this. <laughs> he pivoted quickly off the autism subject. <laughs> but anyway, Ray Cooper, uh, these two guys are cousins in Hawaii. And, and, and cousins? Yeah, and they're fighting each other. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. So they were only cousins when they're in Hawaii? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> like when they used to be in Hawaii, they were cousins. It was strange. I feel like if I was fighting a family member, I'd feel obligated to like fix the fight, like keep it between us, like you know. Yeah, I don't know. Just the loser the has to. Me getting knocked out, I'll let you knock the me out. The loser has to babysit the other kid. I mean, what, what is that? That's gonna be an awkward Thanksgiving, right? I know. Well, it's since they're not in Hawaii anymore, they probably don't even see each other because they're no longer family. So. Yeah, it's a good point. It's just, and then David Michelle's fighting uh, in this. He's, he's in the PFL now. The bulldog. The bulldog. Yeah, it was in the UFC. He's uh, he's from the uh, he's from the um, North Dakota. The uh, one of the tribes over there, he's uh yeah yeah he's uh forgot. Oh, is he Indian, Native American? Yeah, Native oh, American. He's on the show, huh? Yeah, he's been on the show plenty of times. He's afraid of flying, actually. Uh, he rides a horse. Yeah, his Indian name is One Who Walks. No I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but like, but like, he actually is afraid of flying, so he's driving 
all the way to New York from Arizona. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta think that that affects like your like camp, right? Or like your fight week? Uh, I guess so. Big ass. Like, he's fighting like at 170. But uh, yeah, and then he's fighting a guy named Sabadu C. And I know this because I'm working with the PFL now. Who uh, he's from um, Amsterdam? Or no, he's from what, is, what flag is that? Is that he's from Norway? That's like uh, Sweden. That's because that's Gus's Sweden. flag, right? Yeah, he's from no, Sweden. But he he's a movie star in uh, Vietnam. He's what? Been, he, he's been in two Vietnamese movies. Wait, so he's from Sweden, but he's a movie star in Vietnam. Yeah, he's playing Godzilla. No, That's no, the way he, to do it. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also cousins with two guys when he's in Vietnam. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a whole extended family. How do you think, out of curiosity, how do you think the guys in the UFC that are making 10 and 10 feel about PFL fighters who they might know they're better than making a million dollars for a fight? That would really burn me up if I was still fighting. And they could go back the next year. Yeah, and do and they could literally could win a million dollars a year doing that. And you're like, at the end of the year in the UFC, trying to figure out, okay, I made 32 on fights minus my 14,000 for medicals. Place, you make 250,000. Yeah, it's insane, man. I don't know why more guys aren't going over. I know a guy, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name, heavyweight. He got... Um, he got, I think, fourth place, still got 100 grand. Fourth place in that tournament or something. Yeah. Um, uh, what is the guy's name? Alex, uh, the Spartan, Alex Nicholson. Oh, I think yeah, yeah, he got yeah. third or fourth and he still got $100,000. Uh, Cuddly I Bear, I think, came in second. Yeah. Cuddly Bear? The, the guy, his nickname is Cuddly Bear. He's from Texas, a big, a big huh. chubby guy. And then he got, he was even TMZ, he got domestic, domestic abuse. Uh, I guess he wasn't that cuddly. But, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, well, so you, what, what do you got coming up, Sean? Uh, nothing, just more hanging out. We went to, uh, me and my girlfriend went to the Warner Brothers Studios today and did a tour. And uh, it was weird, man. We were on there. And you know how, I don't know, I'm not real touristy or whatever. Um, but we're on there and you're with the standard people who are like, oh my gosh, look at that. And they're all taking pictures on with the, what they think is the friend set, not realizing that show hasn't been on in 15 years. And they didn't, <laughs> they didn't just leave it there. You know, it's for the thing. And there was a guy behind us every time anyone would make a joke, he would just like laugh and repeat it. You know, uh, they were like, it was one of the things they're like, oh, this is where we, we like to call this our such and such. Like, we like to call this our rainbow room. He's like, <laughs> rainbow room. Like, and just, it was getting real... <laughs> He was getting real irritating. He kept like trying to make real lame jokes. And then I turned around. I was like, holy shit, Brendan Schaub is on this tour. <laughs> like, I didn't think, I thought I was the only fighter on here. It was oh, just Schaub hilarious. just repeating everything that was going on. It really wasn't him. But That's funny. No, it's, uh, there really was a guy repeating everything, the joke, like they said. When we I, went just, to, like, I went to Halloween nights uh, over there, and it's the worst because all these like actors that, like dressed up as like zombies trying to kill you. Right. And my wife was like hated it because they, kind of, they come right in your face. They can't right. touch you, but it's like they come as close as they possibly can. Yeah. And, uh, my wife's like, get the, get the fuck out of here. And we went on a couple of rides. I'm like, what was your favorite ride? She goes, the elevator. It's like, she was like, get me out of here. Didn't you get laid working there? You're talking about Universal? Universal. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, Where did you work? A, I was a wizard at Harry Potter World. Yeah. There's no easier way to get laid than that. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm serious. Because on the ride, it's like a giant ride with like 30 employees. Like, You're right. This one ride. And every employee is just banging each other, dude. Because really? it's miserable. Yeah, it's, it's just like hell. It's like there's dudes that are like 30 years old that go to school working on a fucking amusement park ride. They're miserable. They're banging. They're actually banging on the ride too. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they got caught a couple times. That's his next step. That's his next step after the S and M. Amusement park sex, like 90 mile an hour upside down on a on a roller coaster. Oh my God! What do you got coming up, Joe? <laughs> Go follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Wing Dog. A new Paranormal Hour episode is dropping soon. Stay tuned, and uh, yeah, dude. All right. Well, this Tuesday and uh, this Thursday night, I'm at Ran Tommy T's in Rancho Cordova, New York City. I'm at the Gotham Comedy Club, May 16th 
the West Side, and it's, it's a virtual reality show. I don't know how that even works, but. <laughs> I think that's just real life. <laughs> I think they just come in and watch you. <laughs> May 17th and 18th, I'm at the West Side Comedy Club in New York City. Ventura Harbor Comedy Club, May 23rd to the 26th. The Avi Casino in Laughlin, June 7th. Or June 6th, one of them. Comedy Cave in Calgary, June 11th to the 16th. Minnesota House of Comedy, June 19th to 23rd. Stratosphere, July 1st to the 7th. Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, July 18th to the 21st. Looney Bin in a Little Rock, Arkansas, August 21st to 24th. If you order off Amazon, go to adamhunter.com first, then click on Amazon. Also, uh, tell everyone how great this podcast is. It's going to be on Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N, on Rockfin. I'm putting up four podcasts a week on Rock, on Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N forward slash Adam Hunter. Endorse me. You can listen to all the podcasts you want. I will make it worth your while. Mm-hmm.